From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Happy Tuesday, everyone. I hope everyone is having a good start to your week. I'm Jackie Franchuli from Wahoo's 24 7. And we're here with a brand new episode of the Good Old Podcast. Now, this has been a great few days for Tony Elliott and his staff on the recruiting trail. They picked up two big guys from the transfer portal on that defensive line. Tony Elliott on National Sign Day said that the one position that he would like to add bodies to was the defensive line, saying that he wanted to bolster that group. And he said that you can't have enough edge rushers. Well, he added two more over the course of a few days last weekend by adding transfer Cam Butler and also transfer Andres Fox. Both guys visiting in January and UVA did a good job of sealing the deal, especially in my opinion was Butler because he was a guy who said that he wanted to take more visits. Penn State was going after him and wanting him to come on campus and initially when he came into the transfer portal, he was intrigued by playing in the SEC. That was one thing that he wanted to pursue and he wanted to investigate if there was a ch- chance in that in that area. And here comes UVA and Tony Elliott and really put the full court press on him. And he made the decision to commit to UVA last week. And he does have one year of eligibility. And I know when we talked right after his visit, One of the things that he liked about his visit, and of course he liked talking to the coaches about football, but he really appreciated the fact that the coaches showed him that he can get a degree in that one year that he would be playing at Virginia. So the the staff did a good job of highlighting what he was interested in on that visit. And when it came to Fox, that's an interesting recruitment. You know, we reported a little bit earlier Um, probably a little before National Signing Day, that things looked to cool off between both parties. And Virginia was exploring other options. They were, you know, obviously you've seen they were extending other offers. And although they they wanted to get more edge rushers, like Elliot said, National Signing Day, they weren't quite confident that they were were going to able to lure Fox to Charlottesville at that point. Um, You know, Fox, we had heard from, from very good sources that was intrigued by staying out west to USC, and in, was contemplating a possible visit there. Uh, Miami was another school that uh, potentially he was going to visit, and so was Maryland. But at the end of the day, he he liked what UVA staff was offering. And since National Sign Day, has been in constant contact with UVA. And when I spoke to Fox on Monday night, and this uh, my interview with Fox will be posted later on Wahoo's 24-7, He said it was really about the relationships with the staff that he made. And at the end of the day, it was Tony Elliott who initiated this, his recruitment. He offered Fox, honestly, Andres Fox, I believe was, was offered in early January. So before any other of these staff members were concrete and, and for the defensive side, I think Clint Sinton was the only one that was solid at that point. Chris Slade was pretty close, but it was Tony Elliott that offered him and it was Tony Elliott that he called to commit. So having Elliott being the guy who to pursue him really benefited UVA at the end in his recruitment. Uh, he committed to Elliott and Elliott 
I said he was excited about it. So again, that interview will be posted uh, later on Wahoo's 24-7. Now, what does that mean for UVA in a transfer portal moving forward? So right now, Elliot has done a good job and his staff to really reinforce that defensive line. So you have uh, Cam Butler, who's who's one guy that we spoke about. And honestly, that is a, again, I'm going to stress this. That was a very big win for them. He's a three-time All-Max selection here in second team honors twice, first team honors this past season. He had 16 career sacks, eight of which happened last year. Um, he hasn't signed his grenade yet. Uh, that's, that's what really seals the school to the player, not necessarily a player to him. But again, that's all transfers. He's expected to enroll in the summer. Virginia also added Paula Keir that he committed on National Signing Day. Um, he signed his non-binding grant and aid agreement. That's why the school could announce him, but they couldn't announce Cam Butler or Andres Fox. Those guys haven't signed their grant and aid paperwork just yet. Akir is going to graduate from Columbia, and he was the second team All-Ivy League pick coming off his most productive collegiate season. Um, he's going to sign his grant. He signed his grant and will enroll in the summer. Uh, Jan Camper, he's already on grounds. Like I said, Andrews Fox will earn his degree from Stanford in May, and he tells me he's going to go straight to Virginia after graduating. He doesn't seem like he wants to go home to Alabama just quite yet. He wants to basically go straight to work and get to Virginia as soon as possible. Um, he's expected to obviously be there for fall camp. And so when you look at that, I could say that Virginia may try to add another edge rush or another defensive line, but I think at the end of the day, if those two guys are on campus, I think they're pretty much done in that hole. Um, if the one area that UVA will want to reinforce is that tight end position, and as I am talking to you right now on uh, Monday night, Steven Stilianos is still an option. I know a lot of you have asked over the course of the weekend about him and the noise around Iowa. So right now, I think both Iowa and Virginia are in a very good spot. Obviously, Iowa was the last visit while Virginia was the first. He also took that middle visit to Rutgers. But according to my sources close to Rutgers, they believe they're the outside looking into this recruitment. And it really is between Virginia and Iowa. Iowa thinks they are going to be the pick, or at least that's the noise around him. Uh, they believe that their tight ends that were on the visit uh, recruited him very well as far as well as the coaches. And he, they believe that Stilianos really likes the idea of playing in the, in that conference. UVA believes that they are in the driving seat. Now, what I've learned about this staff over the course of the last few weeks is that they can turn the tide back to UVA rather quickly if they put the full court press on them. So I'm not going against UVA just quite yet. I, I'm giving UVA the benefit of the doubt because I thought UVA was in the driver's seat after that visit and even after the Rutgers visit. If Stilianos is looking for a place for playing time and a place to be playing closer to home, UVA has those factors. And those are the things that when I was talking to Stilianos, it seemed like those are the things that he was favoring. So if that those are the decision makers that those are the things that will help him make a decision, then I still think UVA has a good spot. But right now the noise is from Iowa. 
Um, I will try to get more information as you all aware. I have not been able to really follow up on a lot of stuff over the course of the last few days. So I will try to get more information and post anything I get on Wahoo's 24 seven. As soon as I can, um, it will be posted on our VIP message boards. Um, hopefully as soon as possible, maybe even later on Tuesday or early on Wednesday. Now, um, <clears throat> as far as any other transfer portal targets, I know a lot of you have been asking about the secondary. And a lot of you are asking, who are secondary targets? To be quite frank, there is no secondary targets as of right now because UVA staff is evaluating what they have on the roster currently. What they want to see is how spring ball goes, and they want to see what their depth actually looks like. And they want to see who stays because we thought the transfer portal was crazy at the end of December. This going to have another round of kids going into the transfer portal at the end of spring because you got new coaching staffs around the country trying to figure out which pieces work and which doesn't. And, you know, quite frankly, some players trying to see if they fit with the new coaching staff. So we're going to see a lot more movement in the transfer portal probably at, at the end of April once all the spring games are done and the staff is evaluating and all staffs around the country are. So if there's going to be an additional secondary, that's probably when we're going to see it. We're going to see more movement of transfers in and out around that time period. So don't, I, I generally wouldn't expect much news on that side until we get to this next two months. So moving on from the transfer portal, um, you know, last week we had, Devin Darrington on the show, and I really appreciate Devin um, talking about appealing the NCAA decision and just what the workload looks like for someone preparing for the NFL. So I'm really excited about our guest this week. So after the break, we're going to bring on tight end Jelani Woods. Um, Woods agreed to talk to us. He's uh, preparing for the NFL Combine out west in California. He's basically kind of following the same routine that Devin told us last week uh, with heavy training, his nutrition um, being controlled so that he can get to the weight that he desires before the NFL combine, working on flexibility. So after the break, we'll, we'll be talking to Jelani Woods, and uh, he talks about not only his routine and his workout regimen, but he also discusses his fondest memories of Virginia, his thoughts on new staff of new staff members, including his conversations with Tony Elliott before he made the decision to enter the draft. So just wait up and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. This week, we have a, another guest that is working to prepare himself for the NFL draft. And actually, he will be at the NFL Combine. So here we welcome the big and great Jelani Woods. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jelani. 
uh, thanks for having me. You know, I'm a little jealous. You're in California, beautiful 70 degrees weather. Meanwhile, I'm back in Virginia and I have to lay around those sweaters. Um, how's everything going in California for you? Everything's going really well. Um, like you said, um, nice place that I'm at right now in near Los Gatos, California. So it's near um, San Jose and it's going really well so far. So what have you been doing in California to really prepare yourself for the NFL Combine and draft? Um, really just simply just uh, making sure I hit the details um, of like what to expect when it comes to being in the draft, uh, going to the Combine and stuff like that. Uh, I have a great coach with Cal Strength, uh, Coach Dave Spitz, and he really um, has had uh, great results with athletes, especially like me, tight ends. Um, with the agency I'm with, there's a lot of tight ends here as well. So uh, been all competing with each other, just getting better pretty much every day. And I think that's was one thing that helps uh, with, especially going to the combine, being able to compete with other guys and kind of seeing where they are and kind of, you know, comparing yourself to that and then putting yourself in a good position pretty much. I was going to actually, my next question was about how much do you learn from each other being in an environment like this? Uh, you learn a lot. Uh, like we, I, I kid you not, we beat it. We are together about 23 hours out of the day. Uh, we even have problems going to sleep because we always talk in or trying to not necessarily come on work, but just field work in general, uh, games where we, you know, what we saw play, teams we played against and just talking and, you know, building that kind of like that brotherhood, I would say. And, um, uh, yeah, pretty much that. Like, it's just, it's kind of crazy just being here with a lot of other top tight ends and competing in a um, hostile environment, I would say. Like, we all work out really hard, uh, do on the field, work really well. It's, it's really nice. Have you seen your game improve already? What are some of the aspects that you've seen? Wow, okay, in just, what, about two months, I've already seen this part of my game really vastly improve. I would say with me, it would be more of the uh, being introduced to the, like, yoga, uh, Pilates section, uh, just different things in that nature. Um, we have, like, this specialist that works with us. Um, he has, like, this Eastern Chinese, like, um, methodology where it's like it's you know it kind of helps with your nervous system uh, flexibility and everything and I became very like much flexible within the time that I have worked with them and um, that already translated from doing that and then going into the stride game that translated a big time for me because I was able to move way better and you know create a more advantage for me as well. Actually, let, let's expand a little bit on that. What was something that you know you you learned from these classes? What you know? What is your given day when you do these workouts? Um, I would just say pretty much is uh, I would say just the importance of it. That's what I learned because um, it kind of like especially with him, we call him um, I forgot his name, but uh, um, he works on our like different nervous systems and how we react and our muscles and um, help us pretty much become more flexible. And with him, uh, that already helped me because that was one thing, of course, I was one main thing I needed to work on was just my flexibility wise. And um, it helped a lot. It was pretty much quick results. And I just been working on it every day, making sure I stay consistent and, um, and, you know, developing that habit of, you know, just, hitting down on those things and 
you know, continue getting better pretty much. And that leads me to the East West Shrine Bowl because that's where you left a really big mark, Jelani, and you were invited to the NFL Combine due to what you did in those practices and that game. How how great was it for you that, you know, you, you got to showcase your talent and obviously you earned the respect of those who choose who gets to show out their talents in the NFL Combine? Oh, well, I actually had the uh, NFL Combine at, uh, once the season ended. Um, I, I ended up receiving the NFL Combine, I think, on the first when they started giving them out. I was able to get it then. And uh, it, I would say it did help, you know, verify me as being in that group of what I did at the Shrine game. Um, I feel like I pretty much, you know, um, made my name even more and become more um, out there as in the things I did. Um, and I was very grateful for that in the Shrine game as well. You had a very good touchdown. Do you, no, do you. you. <laughs> tell me a little bit about that touchdown? I know it's been a while since we talked about what your game day performance is. Tell me about the East Shrine bowl touchdown. Uh, I would say it was it was good. We we kind of went in all week knowing that that play was pretty much going to work. Uh, we had other good tight ends at the game as well with us, and all three of us pretty much uh, did really well at that specific play. And I just lucked up, and I was able to be there when the um, play was called, and just you know capitalizing on the moment pretty much. Then you know, of course, we had to you could celebrate in uh, the NFL now, so I had to do a little celebration and i know you're moving forward you're you're really excited about moving to the nfl and going to the nfl combine but you also spent a year at uva how much did it mean to play for the cavaliers and play under bronco mendenhall and robert and i uh it was really great uh i i couldn't thank them enough for giving me that opportunity to uh, be invited into that culture the team culture um, and just learning under their great leadership. Uh, coach Bronco Mendenhall is a outstanding uh, coach, outstanding person, um, just like another far, a father figure away from home pretty much. Uh, coach Robert and I, same, same way. I, I love coach, coach and I to death, and I still talk to him to this day, just giving me the opportunity to, to showcase, you know, being, putting trust in me and giving me the opportunity to showcase what I could do and um, especially with all the other coaches as well, Coach 2J, Coach Higgins. Um, I even talked to Coach Elliott a little bit before I left, before I was making my decision. And even him, just learned, just from the little small time we did have, I learned a lot from him as well and his values as well. And I appreciated that because I could still take that along with me as well. So um, just that whole staff uh, was really great. And I was very blessed to be there at the right time. Were you shocked when Bronco Mendenhall decided to step down? Uh, definitely. I was definitely shocked uh, because uh, I would say, we, I, like I said, I, at this time I was still reevaluating my options. And um, I actually had a conversation like a day or two before with him in his office, one-on-one meeting with him, just to talking about like my options and what I'm thinking. And um, of course they voiced to me that he wanted me to make, he wanted me to come back and play another year with him and um but he also just left it up to me and what i felt like was best for my family and things of that nature and uh, yeah it was very shocking I, like because i didn't get any uh like notions from him that 
that was the case, you know, if he was going to do that or not. So um, I didn't feel any type of way because I respect his decision. Um, he always know what's – he to me, he always knows pretty much what's best. And um, I just appreciate – like I said, I appreciated him even because um, that's a hard thing to do. And I know that it was a lot of stress on his shoulders, and I just appreciated him for at least, you know, telling us uh, and – uh, going about it kind of, the, to me, a little bit the right way. Uh, you know, how he felt and how his family feels. So uh, can't really say too much about it because I don't really know that much about it. But it was, it was, I would say it was pretty good. How much did him deciding to step down play in your decision? Or, you know, just just thinking back on your decision, you said you you had – a lot of options you were thinking about if you're going to stay or you're going to go. What was the ultimate decision factor for you to decide to enter the draft? Um, well, when he stepped down, uh, I actually talked to him again. And um, and I talked to um, um, IAD, Miss Carla. Uh, I talked to her a lot as well because uh, I kind of wanted to know who the next coach going to be first before I made a decision. So um, when they end up, when they ended up announcing that Coach Elliott was going to be the coach, I actually, you know, waited and I wanted to talk to him first, see, you know, what type of offense he wanted to run, just the things in that nature. And um, Coach Elliott was like, he mind blowing. Talked to him as well, um, just the same way. I could have came back and played with him, uh, but like I said, I felt like it was best for uh, me and my family to uh, try to take this thing to the next level, pretty much. But uh, yeah, with him, it, it was really cool. I talked to him a good little minute before I left a couple of days, too. And uh, I learned a lot from him as well already. And I know if I did come back, like, the team is in good hands. And I, I put that 100% into that. And I feel I feel great about uh, all my guys back there at Virginia. I was going to say, do you still talk to some of those guys and hear stories about how their winter workouts are going? Uh, it seems like it's pretty intense. Every day. I talk to them every day, especially my uh, my uh, roommate, well, my best friend pretty much, AJ, uh, the corner. Yeah, I talk to him pretty much every day. He tell me everything. And then I talk to pretty much all of the other guys as well. Um, and they said it's going really well. They really enjoy it, I would say. They really enjoy it a lot. And as you're moving on to your next chapter, what is something that you're going to take away from that time at UVA? What is something that you will always remember? And what do you want fans to remember? What is the legacy that you want to take from this? Um, I would say, like, with the first question, I would say um, I would take just, like, the aspects of life that Coach Mendenhall was teaching us every day. We always had, like, a team meeting every morning. And he talked about something different. And it always, like, hit home with us. Like, just like with me when I was uh, at Oklahoma State, um, you know, it was more of a day-to-day thing, get, get your work in, and um, you put in the extra time. But when I was under Coach Mendenhall, I kind of hit it more on the, you know, kind of dug deeper more. I think he brought that out of me a lot, which I uh, ultimately um, is grateful for. Um, like, just a simple thing of, you know, bringing a planner every day, writing my little journal, uh, what are my goals for the day, my goals for the week or the year or the month. Um, just doing the little simple things. And it just turned me into, I would say it turned me into a more detailed person where I was most in home than what I wanted to get done and how I would go about getting it done. 
And I would say that was that would be one thing I would take from being at Virginia to like from life on. And and just like for the fans and everybody else, it's like um that's a that's a good little question. I'll just say, um, you know, I'm always represent uh being a who. I'm very proud of being a, a Virginia Cavalier and I just know you gotta you gotta um who for life, man. So I'll just, I'll just say that. You know, just listening to you talk, you seem to have such a great relationship with Bronco Mendenhall, Robert and I, with the players, um, with the fans. Was it a no-brainer for you when you had to decide whether or not you were going to play in the bowl game after you decided to go into NFL? Obviously, the bowl game never happened, but you said you wanted to play in that bowl game. Oh, yes. It was a no-brainer, especially how the season was going. Um, I was always raised not to, like, quit or – be that guy that you know what like a what a could have if type of person and you know just being with Brendan one last time KT uh pretty uh Billy uh Rashawn just everybody that whole offense the whole line just being with them one last time um not knowing what the future holds I just wanted to you know have fun again pretty much uh we know like the last four games wasn't what we hoped it would be and just want to put a win by your last name for your last game, pretty much. So, um, yeah, that was a no-brainer. Coach, uh, actually, it was just funny because Coach um, and I um, and Mendenhall was like, you know, when I was like, yeah, I'm playing. And I was in rock, rock, uh, walkthroughs, running like normal, doing everything normal. And it was just like, oh, like, we didn't know if you was going to think about it or not. And I was like, oh, no, nah, you don't have to worry about that. We we good to go. And we was up and rolling for the whole boat game. So, um yeah, I'm very sad that, of course, it didn't happen. But um, at least we still had the practices and we still had fun in the practices as well. So um, I'm happy about that, at least. You know, I talked to uh, Devin Darrington last week for our other podcast episode. He's like you. He's preparing for the NFL draft, getting training for the pro day at Charlottesville in March. One thing he was telling me about his preparation was how his food intake changed, how he's really mindful of what he's eating, uh, where he's at Texas and they have their own chef in that training facility and they kind of mm-hmm. get some meals. Is that the same thing with you as well? Uh, pretty much. Yes. Uh, we, we have like this uh, chef that works with us and provides us uh, meal plans uh, throughout the week. And you pretty much eat twice. Well, we eat three times a day and morning. So the way our, um, program is set up we have like basically two gyms uh one gym is more of like this community gym and another gym is like specifically for us and some other people um but like one gym you can go get your breakfast and then the other gym you get your lunch and your dinner and it pretty much both are prepared for you and they have your like specific calorie intake and how much you should um eat and oh yeah, I will tell you one thing. It is a grind eating it, but the uh, healthy food is a grind eating it. But you still, you know what it is, what will it will help you for. So you kind of get the job done. But ooh, I tell you, it's it, it's a, a lot it's of chicken a and broccoli. A lot of chicken and broccoli. Chicken, broccoli, potatoes, cauliflower. I tell you, I have never had so much cauliflower <laughs> until I have got here. So yeah, it's a it's a haul. Yeah, Devin says he can't even eat the Texas barbecue while no. he's down there. Mm-mm. He got to be disciplined. But so 
was that an adjustment to you seeing this whole, your kind of your day planned so routinely and kind of every second of your day is kind of taken taken care of uh not necessarily i wouldn't say necessarily because that's kind of who i am in general and especially being in virginia that's kind of how we ran things um you, you kind of plan you know your agenda all the time at all times pretty much and um it it do help going being from virginia and how we uh did things there until now it kind of helps because you just you know following into a different method but you're doing the same routine pretty much so um especially with me um when i first got to virginia of course i was like a little bit heavier and i wanted to get cut some weight off so i kind of put myself on a uh, diet plan throughout the summer getting ready for the season and i end up like accomplishing it and then during the season i kind of just stayed on that temporarily to kind of hold that weight and um yeah right now i'm just basically doing the same thing i was doing when i was in the summer again so it's not really anything new but um just a different method to your madness just say so how much weight have you lost since you know well, i guess from the summer to virginia and then virginia to now um so i was about 272 when i first got to virginia uh i, I was doing really well at that weight but i wanted to get down smaller because i knew i can do more and I knew I can be that like dominant type of guy if I cut it down a little bit more. So uh, yeah, I went from 272 to about 260 and then uh, played that around that weight throughout the year. And then um, now I'm about 252 now. So we have to thank the cauliflower for that. Uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, final, final thing, um, you talk about, you know, being more dominant on the field. When you look at Virginia's roster of those guys that are returning, like Brendan Armstrong, Keaton Thompson coming back for another year, Billy Kemp coming mm -hmm. from the NBA, what kind of expectations do you have of these Cavaliers this upcoming season? Well, one thing I would say, uh, one thing that I did learn from them guys like, that made us bond really closely, especially when I first got there, is those guys were really hard and they're very consistent. And I think that's like the number one thing um uh, that a player should be is like consistent with how hard he works or like the methods to what they do on a daily basis to get themselves better and with the especially with all the weapons coming back each one of those guys they're that that's their like that's their character pretty much so like with me i'm very comfortable in seeing them and how well they're going to do especially under coach elliott no matter if it's a different offense or not i know they're going to thrive really well uh all of them just has that it all of them has like that it factor to them to themselves, and uh, you know I'm just excited to see it. I think it's going to be something special and something great to watch, and I'm gonna definitely try to get back in Charlottesville if I can, if the season allows me to, because I definitely want to see it and be with my boys. You think they won the ACC championship? Definitely, <laughs> I, I have on that. I definitely believe so. Well, Jelani, thank you so much for talking with us and answering our questions and just getting, letting us know what you've been doing uh, there in California. Well, it's, well, it's great having, great to be here. Thank you for having me. You always find it interesting to kind of look behind the scenes of what these athletes have to work through in order to stay on, on top of their game. You know, they, they first come out of high school where they weren't really Yes, they might be focusing on their nutrition a little bit and, and working in the weight room, but it's nothing so individualistic as when they get into college. And then obviously when you go from college to the NFL, it's a whole different ball game as well. And both Devin and Jelani kind of touched on a little bit of the details they need to work on, especially when it comes to the nutrition aspect that it's uh, 
basically their day is pretty much planned almost for them. Um, although Jelani said that Brockman and Hone and his staff did a, did a good job about kind of helping them along about being more detail oriented. So it's just interesting to see what those two guys have been working on as they prepare for, um, for Jelani, the NFL combine uh, that he'll be traveling to next week. Meanwhile, Devin working on to getting ready for pro day and we will be catching up with Devin here soon. Um, so he'll be joining us with a little clip for Devin, Devin, Darrington's diaries here in a week or two. So just make sure you keep an eye on that. Um, and I'm going to end with the podcast with a sincere thank you to everyone. Um, if you are a Wahoo 24 seven member, um, a lot of you reached out to me um, either on the boards or by messages on Twitter on, on Wahoo's 24 seven to ask about my son as he, he went to the hospital last week. And I just want to say thank you. He's doing much, much better. Um, Obviously, you know, with the type one type type one diabetes diagnosis, things like a regular stomach bug can turn rather quickly. So, but he is doing very well. Um, he's still home from school, but he is eating back to normal. Um, we're just adjusting things as we go along. Um, living with if if you live with diabetes, you know. If you don't, it's just a it's a daily battle. Um, things change every day. Um, but we are very grateful that, that we have a really good team at UVA and we have a lot of family support helping us along the way. So we are we are working to getting better. And he's he was eating Reese's Pieces for breakfast. So we are we are on our way to uh, getting a fully healthy four year old. Um, so, again, I really appreciate all of you that reached out to me and my family appreciates it as well. We'll be back here on our good old podcast next Tuesday. If you like what you're hearing, you like what information I'm bringing, but also the interviews that we have on the show, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're available on both Spotify and Apple right now. And we also have clips of our interviews on our YouTube channel. So make sure you hit the bell so you're notified whenever a new episode is up um, and subscribe. Uh, that way you can see our new videos as we post. The idea that we have for the YouTube channel will not only include podcasts, but moving forward, we might have new content that we'll be posting on YouTube, longer videos that we aren't able to post on our video player on 24-7. The idea is we will post those on YouTube moving forward. And especially when spring ball kind of heats up. So thanks again for everyone, and I hope you guys have a good rest to your week. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.